Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is a candidate for school board director position five in Springfield, Oregon, and an academic advisor at the UO Pathway Oregon program, Kelly Mason. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is really cool. Uh, I've uh, learned about you through my work with the Democratic Party of Lane County. I'm a precinct committee person. And one of the things that I was most impressed with was early on in your in your campaign your ability to not answer a question if you were not ready and i think that's really a skill that i'm i'm impressed with so uh thanks again for doing this today this is part one of a three-part series on uh, i'm calling meet the candidates every time there's an election especially a midterm election it's really important i want to bring on people in our area to kind of familiarize my my uh listeners and mm-hmm. and so I'm bringing you on and we're going to get to know you a little better today. Uh, so these will be kind of short and sweet, but anybody listening, make sure that you tune in, whether it's on YouTube or whatnot, or, you know, Spotify, Apple podcasts, if you're listening and you check for the other episodes, uh, because there's going to be three drops today. So this is a big undertaking. So let's get right into it. Uh, first of all, what motivated you to run for the school board? Yeah. So it all kind of started with, Well, I guess I'll start from the beginning. So in eighth grade, I served as a student body president at Hamlin Middle School in Springfield, Oregon. And that's kind of where I discovered my passion for leadership and community. And ever since then, I've been looking for opportunities to become more involved. Uh, I currently serve as the chair of the Community Development Advisory Committee of Springfield, where we advise city council on the spending of CDBG and home funds for community development. And then that kind of led to uh, a couple other community members who who saw me and recognized me and and saw I had some spunk and and was ready to go, a young person uh, who who would have a a big voice in our community. They encouraged me to apply for the city council vacancy uh, in Springfield because Mayor Van Gordon what was appointed to that position. And and so I threw my hat in the ring and that was an honestly a really wonderful experience. I felt really supported by my community. I felt empowered as a young woman uh, with a kind of a different background than maybe some other people who who serve in local government. Um, And when my colleague actually Damian Pitts was appointed. He's an academic advisor at the U of O too, which is kind of funny. Uh, it was really humbling and, and awesome to just kind of see the community really advocate for 
for some different perspective. Um, and so from there, I said, okay, what can I do to still be involved and, and get engaged in my community? And it just so happened that this school board position was an uh, open opening that the election, it was all coming really fast, right? And so I quickly decided this is the perfect way to kind of mesh my two passions of public service and education together and really make everything come full circle. I know that for me, it took a village of teachers and staff and even the janitor, Harry at Springfield High, shout out to Harry, uh, who, who really molded me and guided me and led me to the path that I'm on now. And so I wanna bring that same love and passion back to the community and kind of help the next generation of students be engaged citizens and, and you know get the best education that they can. We're going to talk today a lot about links to find out more about you because this is, like I said, going to be a short and sweet interview. But kellymason.nationbuilder.com uh, is a website with more information and also facebook.com slash friends of Kelly Mason. Both of those links will be in the show notes too, so people can can click after they, they watch or listen to this. Uh, I love the fact that you went to Hamlin Middle School in Springfield High. I also am a Hamlin alumni. Uh, it's gone, you know, they've tore it down, but it was a great school. And my time there, it was incredible because it was, it's like, it, it's very humble. And I think when you talked about your, you're maybe different than the typical person in, in public office, I think it's, is it because of the fact that you come from a single uh, parent home? That is that what you were referring to? Yeah, I was getting at the fact that I think I'm the youngest person to ever run for the Springfield School Board. And I, you can fact check me on that. It's kind of hard to find that information, but one of the youngest, if not the youngest, uh, I come from a low income, single parent home. My dad passed away when I was nine. And so my mom did a lot of my upbringing on her own. I was a first generation college student, uh, kind of all of the things that set you up to these obstacles, right? Uh, in education that I was able to overcome with the support of not only my mother, of course, but like I said, all of the teachers and sure. stuff. Yeah, it takes a village. My, I always like to mention Katie Porter. Katie Porter is one of my political heroes and she's a single mom in, uh, as, a, as a Congresswoman and I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So uh, what do you think you bring to the table? Yeah, I think I'd like to highlight that I'm bilingual, hablo español, and so I have strong ties to the Latinx community in Springfield, and I think that I can really be a source of connection for parents, students, and families uh, to, to make sure that they feel heard, that they feel honored, they feel respected. I bring a sense of cultural competency with me uh, that I think will be really helpful on the school board as we kind of strive to serve marginalized students and this population that's quickly growing in Springfield. Uh, and I know that Emilio is also on the school board and I hope that we can be good partners and allies as we advocate for these students. So I think I bring that. I think I bring a fresh perspective as a young female, uh, a progressive perspective. I, you know, I'm currently studying for my MPA, my Master in Public Administration. And so at the U of O, they really value uh, immersing us in, in this coursework and giving us the best of the best and the newest of the newest in, in public administration. And so I think I'll kind of bring that, that 
recent education with me and these strategies that I have for public administration and public service, that will be great for the school board. But yeah. I also think I'll be a listening ear. Yeah, and working as an academic advisor currently at the U of O, the school board is, it, would you say the school board's primarily focused on early education, like high school and below? The Springfield School Board? Yeah, I mean, yeah. K-12. So, so I think that's really useful because, uh, you know, n- my next interview is going to be with Anthony Reed, and we're going to talk a little bit about vocational school, but with edu- with college prep, it's yeah. so vital. You know what I mean? And, and so I think that your, your experience in that could be could pay dividends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about your campaign slogan. You've got three main bullet points. Uh, you know, I guess the question was once in office, what's your number one priority, but your three campaign, uh, bullet points is pathways, equity, and vision. Let's start with pathways. Yeah. And so what I mean by pathways, it's kind of like a play on words because I'm a pathway Oregon advisor. I was a pathways recipient and kind of thinking about pathways for education. What is uh? No, you said real quick what with pathways, you said that you were a a recipient of the program. Explain that to me. Yeah. So Pathway Oregon is a scholarship for low income Oregon residents who are graduating from Oregon high school to receive a full tuition scholarship at the University of Oregon. So it covers all of tuition for all four years. Students never have to pay a penny. Yeah, that's awesome. And there's, and like I said, on your website uh, and on your Facebook page, there's a lot more information on that. So I I encourage anybody to tune into or to check into that. Let's talk about equity. You know, uh, How are some ways local schools can create equity for marginalized students? Now you had mentioned being bilingual, but, you know, expand on that. Yeah, I think it's important when we talk about equity that we really give concrete examples so people that can put that in perspective, right? And so in order to make Springfield schools a safe place, an equitable place, I think there's a lot of things that the school board can do. Um, We can enhance, enhance engagement for Spanish speaking families, that includes activities. We can work to remove school resource officers, which have proven to be um, not so equitable in that they tend to target BIPOC students, students of color specifically, and they disproportionately affect black and brown students. We can provide regular time and space to foster community learning regarding equity um, and those issues. Also, we can create meaningful and ongoing opportunities for diverse perspectives and voices to engage in the decision-making process. Yeah, we talked a little bit off air and I didn't know if I was gonna talk to you about it, but I kind of want to bring it up because I think it's interesting. Uh, Kendrick Lamar. So Kendrick Lamar won a Pulitzer Prize uh, for, for writing, for poetry. And I think he's the first hip hop artist of all time you know, to do this. And North Eugene High School, I'm not exactly sure the full story, but North Eugene High School, I guess, had someone made a decision to remove it from the curriculum. Now, this is in Eugene and not in Springfield. But if this if this question came up, what would you say on what the benefits could be to teaching, you know, hip hop, not just hip hop culture, but hip hop content, you know, the content of because, I mean, he talks about really hard hitting issues. I think the first thing I would say is it's really important not to silence black voices, especially now and especially with the recent happenings in Springfield and everything with black unity and the protests this past summer. We have to work to encourage those voices. And if we're silencing them and not sharing the black experience in the way that they feel comfortable sharing, that that kind of limits students from seeing what they can do. And so 
adding that to the curriculum is not only going to perk students' interest with a name they're familiar with, that they are that they respect, um, but also kind of bringing that Black experience in the way that they want to share. I've learned that listening to Black people and, and how they want to lead is important. And so I don't think yeah. that we should silence that. No, yet. absolutely. I mean, hip hop is one of those things too. And of, of course, in the black community, it's not monolithic. It's not like everybody that's black is into hip hop, you know? But that being said, it's it's just without hip hop music, I don't know if we would be where we are. I know we have a ton of prog or a ton of work to do, but we've made progress as a society. And I think hip hop has a lot to do with it because it's painted a picture of what it's like to live in an urban environment, mm -hmm. you know? And us here in Springfield, Oregon, that's definitely not our experience, you know, yep. as far as the experience of maybe living in like Detroit or Compton or, you know, so it's, it's really taught us a ton. I mean, I think they should be teaching Tupac. I think they should be teaching, you know, all this stuff. And it's, you can talk about guys like Tupac in a way that it's like, yeah, he was a troublesome character, but that being said, he's a product of his environment. So I think there's a lot to be, to be discussed there. And I think it's really cool and that you would bring a fresh perspective that would at least entertain those concepts. And you, you hit it on the head about let's not silence these voices, you know? Yeah. So Thank you for so, asking. Yeah. Uh, what would you like to see changed? I think we just touched on it a little, but maybe we can go a different direction. What would you like to see changed with how education is being ran in Lane County? So it's not so much change, but improve, I guess, is how I want to answer that. But I just want to see graduation rates, high school graduation rates go up. Oregon in particular has some of the lowest graduation rates in the nation and they have been improving and I want to continue on that momentum. And I think that really means, especially post COVID and after this pandemic, meeting students where they are. I think that we need to bring more mental health professionals into our schools and make sure that we're addressing those issues as students reintegrate into schools. And that goes for teachers and staff too, making sure they feel comfortable and ready to go. Um, but really seeing those graduation rates improve is, is something I'd like to see change. Um, and that's something we need to work on in addition to the equity piece, which I know that we already touched on, but I, I think it's not enough to just talk about it. I think it needs to be something we reevaluate in our policies, in our practice and in action. And that means bringing those voices to the table. I think I forgot to mention your third bullet point of the campaign slogan. So vision. Yeah. So let's talk about vision. Yeah. So for vision, uh, I really enjoy the concept of collaboration and collaborative governance in, is something I've researched a lot. And so my vision is to have enhanced collaboration for the Springfield School District in order to improve the overall success of our students. And so the action item for that is um, to empower students, to encourage them to contribute to the decision-making process and have a say in their own education. Um, and like I talked about the pandemic, I addressing those challenges as we move forward. We might not know what all of those are gonna be. And so our vision is, is to improve graduation rates and improve access to technical education and careers and, and kind of propel us forward in a progressive way. So now the pandemic, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. What has been, this is tough because I think it constantly, for me, my take on if we should have in-person learning currently, like right now, it changes almost daily on how I think about it. So how has that process been for you? Uh, I mean, early on in it and then where we're at today, how has that process evolved and where do you stand on it? 
Um, that's a hard question. I would say that we all want to see students go back to school when it's safe. Um, and while rates of COVID have been going down in Lane County and Springfield, and that's really exciting, people are getting vaccinated, teachers and staff are getting vaccinated, I've had my first vaccination. Um, I think that gives hope. I think that's like the light at the end of the tunnel, right? And the plan I I'm assuming is to have students fully you know, schools reopened hopefully next fall. And I think that's a great goal. Um, I think there's some work that needs to be done between now and then to fully, I know schools have been slowly reopening and there's a little bit of that happening. And I think that's great as long as we can do it safely. And I think the school board is gonna need, that's probably gonna be one of our biggest issues for the next year or so. Um, and I have a lot to learn, but I think I, I'm gonna be a listener, but my stance is, you know, while distance learning was a great alternative and we needed to keep students on the right track throughout this process, um, hopefully we can get them back into schools as soon as possible. Yeah, it's a tough, tough thing because, you know, like you had said, the numbers were going down and I think that's the public sentiment, but I think that they're actually starting to go back up. I know? saw so, that. So, and it's really, it's really scary. My girlfriend is, uh, she's a data analyst for the county and she oh. is so i hear it every single day the numbers and she's you know banging her head against the wall she's been helping organize the mass vaccination clinics of the fairgrounds on a side note i heard something funny when you get a shot it's called getting your fauci ouchie so, <laughs> so uh so you've received some really big name endorsements from local people i wanted to list some of those uh i mean the democratic party of lane county unanimous endorsement uh county commissioner joe bernie uh House Representative John Lively, uh, Labor Commissioner Va Val Hoyle, uh, Mike Eister, who not only has endorsed you, Mike Eister ran for mayor of Eugene. He, he was defeated, but he is a great voice in our community, and he's a uh, board for the LCC board. And he not only endorsed you, he sent out a personal email to everybody in the DPLC talking about why, and it was, it was lengthy. And then Steve Moe, uh, city councilor. I just wrote down a few. There's, there's, there's some I couldn't even list because there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you who in the local community are some of your biggest mentors and inspirations? Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned Mike. Uh, he's definitely been a great mentor for me throughout this process. As he, like you said, he recently went through a similar process himself. And because his position at LCC is uncontested, he's been able to focus a lot of his energy <laughs> towards my campaign, which I'm super grateful for. And he's he's kind of teaching me the ropes. And then I have to shout out Tony, Tony McCown. Uh, he's my greatest mentor. He's the one who pushed me to uh, apply for this position. And he's been guiding me throughout the way. He is uh, my campaign chair. And so he kind of has been encouraging me every time I'm nervous, you know, he's able to calm me down and he's really kind of laid out the groundwork for me to be successful in this campaign because it is a quick turnaround and, uh, and he, he made sure we hit the ground running. So, yeah. You know, I mentioned LCC board and I gotta be honest, I don't know what they do. So next <laughs> week I'm going to have Chris Wig on. And one of the things I'm going to talk to him about, Chris Wig is the chair of the democratic party. And, and he knows everything. So, so about, he's got the real, he's got his finger on the pulse. So I'm going to, I'm going to, it'll be one of the things that we discuss. I'd like to get Mike on the show too. And I'm sure that's a possibility. Uh, so, you know, you had mentioned that this has been a quick turnaround. Give me a time frame. When did this whole thing start and to where we're at today? Today, it's what, April 17th. So when did this whole thing start? So the deadline to file was March 18th. 
I filed, I think, uh, a couple days before that. And so about a month ago and the elections on May 18th. And so it, it's only a couple months. I think at the beginning we were like, okay, we have seven weeks and we're doing this week countdown. I think we're closer to four weeks now. And so it all started right after I found out on that night that city council appointed Damien. I was like, okay, I have to have my next move. I really want to be involved and I'm ready to go. And so I made the, I made the decision shortly after that. I asked Damien the same thing. What is what does your mom think about all this? She's got to be extremely proud. I think my mom's going to come to the phone bank today. Oh, nice. yeah. <laughs> so she's super excited. She can't even believe it, you know. Uh, and she brags about me to all her clients. She's a housekeeper. She cleans houses for a living. And yeah. so she's she's got everyone voting for me, too. <laughs> that is awesome. And, you know, I mean, you've put in the work but there's a testament to the kind of character of, of your mom. I don't know her, but I mean, knowing what I know about you, it says a lot about what she did. So, so that's pretty special. Uh, and Damien's answers were great. I encourage anybody. I've got so many episodes now that people forget there's stuff that gets lost. And Damien Pitts was a great interview. You could listen to what he says about his parents because that was a whirlwind. He went from living here for four years to being on city council and he's amazing. So, so again, kellymason.nationbuilder.com and then facebook.com slash friends of Kelly Mason. Uh, all three of these episodes, I'm going to plug uh, the website Educational Equity Now, which is actually geared towards students with exceptionalities. That's a good friend of mine and his wife that are that are uh, organizers of that uh, website. And it's, it's getting, getting built up and created. And I really encourage anyone to check that out, educationalequitynow.com. But in the show notes of this episode, like I said, there'll be links to you to more about your campaign. Uh, Facebook is a very useful tool when you're following campaigns because you can follow the page and you can see all of the updates like you had just uh, alluded to. Today, you're going to be doing phone banking. Yep. Funny story. I had someone call me asking if I would help phone bank with the Kelly Mason campaign. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't that day because I'm going to be recording podcasts with Kelly Mason. So, and they and they were like, Oh, okay. Well then, so you've got a cool team working and they're working hard. And he was, the guy on the phone was really uh, pleasant and great. I personally re refuse to call people. I'm terrible at it. Ironically, it's funny, but I do my own thing with, we, we have a really, really cool umbrella in this community of people and a big tent. And I think there's some really exciting things happening and people being motivated to step up like yourself, young people and, fresh perspectives and it's really exciting. So Kelly Mason, it's really an honor to talk to you. I wish I had more time. Once this is, once you win this seat, we'll get you back on and we can talk about, you can use me as a platform to reach the, the community in any way possible. So thank you very much. And I'm going to end this with a song. And this is an awesome song. This is a local talent, Samantha Schaffner. She goes by Sam girl. This is the song one touch. Baby, won't you come and know and maybe say the words that I've been thinking Oh, and usually I don't get like this But right now I feel such a mess, I'm barely breathing and when you kiss me slow, I feel a rush And then I reach the point of no return So take me down, baby Take me down, show me what my love's worth One touch 
you're loving on 